Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, October 5th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but uh. since you put it on Instagram, I figure I, it's safe to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this will be the last day that we have you for a week or so. A week or so, yeah, for sure. I have no idea how long. At, at minimum a week, we'll find out. You are um, getting indoctrinated into the FBI, right? I am. It's so exciting. <laughs> CIA, but C- I mean, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. One of the you other. missed no, it. You, you, missed you it. are having a medical procedure. I don't how much I'm having a tonsillectomy. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Okay. Rip, I, rip them out. Yeah, I figure you're editing this so you can take out anything that's inappropriate. It's true. And also my voice will probably have exactly. changed a little bit when I do Ooh. return. I know, right? Are you going to be uh, like a, a more smoky Demi Moore kind of thing? Oh, I hope so. I oh, want like nice. the aged old crone voice of like a lifelong smoker is really what I want. Fair. Without without having done all the work. I don't yeah. smoke anymore. <laughs> anymore. 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 Uh, anymore. Uh, okay, so, occasionally. so you will not be here uh, for at least the rest of this week. I will have an interview on tomorrow's show and then Sweet. we'll play it by ear with Alicia and maybe James and maybe some other folks um, with interviews and other things depending on what happens and we wish you the best. And, uh, Thank you. I miss will, y'all. Yeah, we'll have you back uh, whenever your voice allows you. Yeah, whenever my scabby, awful throat and the U.S. healthcare system allow me to. Oh, Lord. Always a joy. Always a joy. Feel free to (laughs) anyone just direct deposit me some money. Good luck with that. Because, yeah. Love a a high deductible healthcare plan. Yeah. Well, before we get into the show, I want to let everybody know that there was another fantabulous episode of this week on Broadway. That came out on Sunday. The group reviewed the Netflix adaptation of The Boys in the Band. In fact, Peter says that it is better than the original film version mm. and the stage show. So that's high praise nice. from him. Nice, um, nice. They, Joe Mantello said that he thought it was better than stage show, too. So uh, That's huge. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, they also... Uh, discussed a topic that Jan brought to the table, which was the best plays and musicals that have focused directly on American politics. Do you have a favorite in that category, Ashley? A play or musical that focuses directly on American politics. Oh, I, I mean, 1776 is the good Yeah, that's the, the obvious one. There. Yeah, then yeah. you can throw in things like Fiorello, oh, Hamilton, Hamilton <laughs> of the IC. Yeah. Our friend Rob Johnston threw in the Crucible, which I think is a mm. great, a great mm-hmm. one. Other desert yeah. cities. Um, there was that one that they did at Encores. Um, oh, I can't think of what it was, or maybe I'm misremembering things. I, I think mm. I'm, I'm, I'm conflating two different ones that Santino Fontana did because he was also in 1776. Yes, he That's was. what I'm thinking of. So. Um, so great ones there. They also uh, got a couple uh, reviews of Broadway Records albums from Michael Portantier, including the one from our uh, dear, dear friend Robbie Rizel. He raved nice. about all three uh, of the albums. So check that out. All right. Uh, obviously, patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon if you want to hear all of our episodes before they get released in the regular feed and if you want to participate in this week on Broadway episodes. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. The biggest news from late last week was the announcement of changes 
coincidentally and appropriately enough based on our banter conversation, in the health insurance plan for equity members. The new plan, which was unveiled last week by the Equity-League Health Fund, will require members to work 16 weeks in order to qualify for six months of coverage. That is five weeks more than under the previous plan. The fund said that they had to make the changes because of the lack of employer contributions, since there are no shows going on, and that those payments normally pay for 88% of the fund's revenue. Now, it is important to note that this fund works independently from the actual Actors' Equity Association, so much so that, according to Broadway News, AEA had actually told their members that are on the fund's board of trustees to withdraw support for the plan. They did not do that, and it was passed anyway. AEA then went on to release a statement saying that they did not support the move saying that the fund's trustees did not take enough time to fully study how this would impact different groups uh, in their membership, including um, BIPOC members who are disproportionately uh, find they find it difficult to actually get roles when shows are at mm-hmm. their peak. And right now, when there are very few shows, we'll likely have even a harder time of getting enough to get any work necessarily, you know, let alone enough work to qualify for health insurance. According to Broadway News, under the new plan beginning on January 1st, quote, members are only able to earn coverage in six month increments. Members who work at least 12 weeks will qualify for lower tiers of coverage with restrictions on health care providers and with higher copays. Again, they would have to work um, 16 weeks to get the full coverage that they are normally used to. Mm. Uh, under the previous plan, Ashley, actors could actually earn a full year of coverage after working 19 weeks. Um, but that seems really difficult to imagine that that's going to happen anytime soon right, with exactly. what's going on. Roughly 250 to 300 equity members are losing their health care coverage every month. And Ashley, with pr- practically no shows happening for the past seven months and very few likely to happen across the country for the next four to six months, I'd have to imagine that those numbers will begin to increase uh, rather exponentially as we move closer oh, yeah. and move yeah. into the new year. I was just about to say, we're going to see a huge shift when January comes along and everyone's going to have to start changing their plans anyway. Uh, anything that's less ideal, obviously people are going to drop, but I mean, you're just going to see a huge people, a, a huge, uh, group of people completely lose their health insurance in general and for reasons like this i mean there's not going to be any shows we don't know when there's going to be any shows april maybe not going to happen but that's still in the the hypothetical situation that you know broadway returns in april let's say that's still four months of people not working that they would still have to you know, have health insurance taken care yeah. of for. So it's a mess. It's an apps. It's always a mess. <laughs> it's, it's no secret as you, know, as I already said at the top of the show that the American healthcare system is, uh, an atrocity and it only hurts the people that are most vulnerable. And that mm-hmm. very much includes people who are out of work for the long haul as actors are. Yeah, Will Swenson on Twitter said, quote, actor friends, the new equity health plan changes are preposterous. More work required for less coverage, all while Mm -hmm. requiring work weeks to qualify for it. And then in all caps, there is currently no equity sanctioned (laughs) work. We are all about to lose our insurance. Absolutely unacceptable. And I think that's kind of the gist here. I don't know if there's a good 
a, a, a good remedy with this if they really are, no. they, you know, they have no funds coming in. They can't pay for insurance. The fund can't. I mean, I don't know what their reserves are like, but like that's going to dwindle and be eliminated at some point. So I just I don't know what the answer is here short of the government actually stepping up and doing their right. damn job there, the, that and maybe more equity approved shows but that's very chicken and egg that right. the government has to do their job to you know and i think there will be more shows things yeah and i think there will be more shows especially outside of new york that right, come exactly. up between now you said you know april would be great but that we have to remember there's shows that are um or, or, you know, there's there's plenty of shows that'll probably happen between now and whenever Broadway and Off-Broadway return. Oh, but yeah, outside- I, I'm, I'm talking, bro- I'm you know, yeah. the, the hypothetical April is Broadway. I mean, there's equity-approved shows now, including The Godspell that was in uh, yeah, Massachusetts but, and some other But that other employed, like, what, like, you know, there's probably been 12 10, people, yeah. Yeah, and then a bunch of them are one-person shows. So we're going to have to see some sort of increase. And, you know, then you start saying, well, do they stick with local performers for those? Or do they have more mm-hmm. New York people? Go out there. Yeah. It's just a big mess. And one of the things that equity has been doing since the very beginning is calling for an extension of COBRA benefits, which right. that means the, the government funded COBRA program will uh, uh, allow you to keep your health care coverage at whatever levels you previously had, even if you no longer qualify, whether it's losing a job or in this case, not having enough work weeks to qualify. That is something that um, is kind of part of the Democrats plan in the House. Um, yeah. But it, it was not part of the Heroes Act um, that is apparently you know being pushed forward. So um, it could come up come as part of a standalone bill in the Senate. But at this point, I have zero faith in anybody that works <laughs> in those buildings. Correct, correct, good sign. Yeah. All right. Actually, let's move on to some other very sobering news. As last week, the Asian American Performers Action Coalition released their annual visibility report looking at racial representation on New York stages. Now. As we say every year, it's important to keep in mind that due to the nature of this data, these are always a few years behind. So this report looks at employment uh, statistics by race for actors, playwrights, composers, librettists, and directors for the 2017-18 season for all of Broadway and the 18 largest nonprofit theater companies in New York City. We will have a link to the complete report in the show notes, but I wanted to highlight some of the key findings, which include... At 61.5% of available roles across all of the shows surveyed, white actors continue to be the only race to overrepresent by almost double their respective population size in New York City. Black actors represented uh, at 23.2%, Asian Americans at 6.9%, Latinx at 6.1%, MENA at 2%, and Indigenous actors at 0.2. White actors occupied 66.4% of Broadway rules in the season, and as much as we like to talk about how off-Broadway is better, and again, mm-hmm. this is 2017 and 18, they're only slightly better in this season at 60.1. This is, again, for those 18 largest nonprofit theaters. Only 20% of all available roles in the industry were inclusively cast, which is how they define it is cast without regard to race or where race was not germane to the role. According to the study, Asian American actors were the group least likely to be cast without regard to race. Now, nearly 80% of all shows included in the study, again, on or off Broadway, were written by white artists with black writers representing 9.6%. Asian American writers at 6.2, Mina at 2.1, and Latinx at 2.3. The last thing that I will leave you with in here, and again, we'll have the full report in the show notes. 
They've ranked the most and least diverse nonprofit seasons. And actually, well, there were a few surprising mm. things on the least diverse list. Most of them, uh, I feel like we could have guessed without looking at these numbers. We could have just mm. rattled them off. But the most diverse, none of these are a surprise to me, yeah. um, are Ars Nova, Signature, MCC, New York Theater Workshop, and the Public Theater. Yep. The least diverse are Irish Rep, WP Theater, Roundabout, the new Not group, surprised. yeah, the new group in primary <laughs> stages. I'm a little surprised by WP Theater just because I've seen I'm, some very, I'm very surprised by WP, WP Theater, and that's really disappointing to me. And I do think that that in the shows that I've seen there since this season, it seems like they might have made a concerted effort to change that since 2017, yeah. 2018. Yeah, so I hope do. that's true, and I hope that in future years um, <laughs> they did because every show I've seen there has yeah. been very diverse. In fact. The first show I saw there was just Asian American actors. So, oh, nice. um, so that's good. New group, I'm a little surprised as well, but Irish rep, roundabout, and primary less, stages. Couldn't be less surprised exactly. by roundabout yeah. <laughs> or any of those for that matter, but you know. Well, yeah. and here's, here's what's weird about that too uh, is that roundabout has made a concerted effort in their off-Broadway spaces to do better. Sure, sure. And with this past season, they had um, uh, uh, Soldiers play, and they've made mm. a commitment to doing better um, on Broadway. So I hope that everything that we've seen during this pandemic and with the racial unrest across the country and all of these, you know, white America, white American theater, we see you, all those things, that they are starting to make these changes. Of course, it'll take a few years to represent that in these um, diversity yeah. reports. But... I, again, when there's very little surprise in, in these things, um, it's probably way, way overdue, but we'll take it when and where it's we can get it. Just embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. Like, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm not surprised as far as the casting numbers. I'm not surprised at any of the numbers, to be, fa- to, to be very fair and clear, but the writing numbers are just so embarrassing. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's a producing thing. That's a producer problem as far as, we're not going to take a risk on anybody other than white people. And And it's so infuriating. And here's the thing. Like, the thought process is the exact same thought process we've seen in movies where, oh, there's just no audience for a black movie or a Asian movie. And yet, when those movies get the opportunity to exist, they do amazing. Whether that's big budget things like Black Panther or uh, Crazy Rich Asians or something, you know, that's small and super artistic like Moonlight, which I'm going to reference here in a minute. Mm, like yay. these things do very well, and I think that is we we are seeing that off Broadway as well. These shows do well, but it's just such an and it's, easy it's not- out, and it's it's BS. I mean, it, it's it's something that everybody just says like, oh yeah, that's true. They accept it, even though there is no truth to the fact that right. there is no audience for these shows, and and it's it's getting to the point where. If I ever hear somebody say that, I'm just going to, uh, you know, automatically dismiss their opinion uh, as having no credibility because it just isn't substantiated by facts anymore. The numbers are there. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some show and movie news, which is really exciting stuff, actually, in here. It was announced last week that Chiara Alegria Hooties, Lisa Loomer, and the Grammy-winning Latin group La Santa Cecilia will write a musical adaptation of the novel Like Water for Chocolate and that Michael Mayer will direct, not who I thought would have directed that. Um, Anyway, additionally, there was an exclusive premiere of some of the music from the musical on Viva Broadway, which happened last Thursday night, and which, depending on how quickly you go, you can still see uh, on Playbill.com slash Viva. You talked about this last week, Ashley. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, something you discussed last week, um, while Denzel Washington was talking to the New York Times about the Netflix adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, he mentioned that the next August Wilson play that he plans on adapting for the screen will be The Piano Lesson, and he hopes to cast his son, John David Washington Jr., and Samuel L. Jackson in the film. And he is hoping that uh, Moonlight director, as I mentioned before, Barry Jenkins, will helm the project. I am so unbelievably excited for Ma Rainey, and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully getting all of these, the entire century cycle done um, in the next, you know, 10, 15 years and getting this something, getting this available for people to see forever and ever. Uh, Fences was honestly one of my favorite films of the the decade and i just absolutely loved it all right and finally in this section last week pbs announced the november programming for their fourth annual broadway's best series on great performances on november 6th we will get one man two governors on November 13th, we will have documentary Fiddler, colon, A Miracle of Miracles, about the creation of the musical Rent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's about Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof. Uh, <laughs> no? Nothing? Uh, I like uh, it. I like okay, it. Okay, <laughs> Then on the 20th, just around Thanksgiving, we will have Holiday Inn. And then on the 27th, the series will close out with Lea Salonga in concert from the Sydney Opera House. Oh, hello. Uh, oh, very nice. Wow. Uh, actually, my DVR is always set to record great performances, but I will yeah. be double checking to make sure that we have this this month. Obviously, oh, we've yeah. seen One Man, Two Governors and yep. uh, Holiday Inn quite a bit. Those are readily available. Uh, but a new Fiddler, Fiddler Dock and Alea concert, like that's uh, definitely something those. to look forward to. Yeah, really excited about those. All right, real quick, I want to talk about some quick uh, streaming theater news. Last week, the 92nd Street Y announced... Um, kind of what they're calling lyrics and lyricists preludes, um, which is kind of to serve as an autumn version of their normal lyrics and lyricist series, Mm. because the one this past spring was postponed. They're going to have a number of things happening, and and we'll have the complete schedule in the show notes. Performers included in the different uh, different shows will include Farrah Alvin, Allison Blackwell, uh, Telly Leung, Kara Lindsay, Julia Murney, uh, Pearl Sun, and more. The titles are George Gershwin, Biden My Time, Tom Jones and Harvey Schmidt, Simple Little Things, Rogers, Rogers and Gettle, ooh, a three-generational thing there, uh, Statues and Stories, Julie Stein and His Many Lyricists, colon, Distant Melanies, the theme from songs written for film. Um, these will all happen between um, later this month and the middle of December. So check that out. Always good stuff. I love lyrics and lyricists. So I do too. This one is very good. All right, and finally, the Center Theater Group out in Los Angeles announced their newest venue, the Digital Stage, which all of their theaters currently closed. They decided to bring together offerings that they will provide to the public for free with a larger catalog of videos provided free of charge specifically to CTG season ticket subscribers and performers. What's interesting about this is the folks that they have brought on to be a part of their artistic company for this. In addition to the normal folks that are part of uh, CTG's associate artist groups, including some folks like um, Dominique Moriso and Christina Wong, three new people are being added to the group specifically for this digital stage project. They are Casey Nicola, Felicia Rashad, and Paula Vogel. 
Mm. Uh, not bad. Not the, too shabby. Yeah, and the group of artists who are considered um, associate artists that are running in five-year cycles from 2017 to 2022 are Sir Matthew Bourne, Denai Guerrera, and Anna D. Shapiro. And oh, they'll nice. be running through 2022. So that group of new folks kind of uh, is a really, really impressive show. So I'm looking, or a group. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what they put together. Absolutely. That is, that is very impressive. Yeah. All right. So real quick, let's um, finish off with some recommendations. And these come from the same online virtual benefit for second stage that we talked about with the uh, Adrian Warren and LaShawn's and Celia Rose Gooding performances from last week. Nice. These are coming We're from get endless material out of this benefit. It's so good. And yeah. uh, I'm not normally a Tom Kit fan. This was I know, something. But here's who did the songs. The first one. It was one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know the song at all, to be honest with you. Um, but it's uh, Heidi Blickenstaff. I love Heidi oh, Blickenstaff. Um, she I sings love. the song, I Need to See Them. Is that from... I don't know what that's from. Uh, is that from... Um I don't know. She is it. Is it from the Freaky Friday musical? Because she did that. I he wrote it. No I don't know idea. that one. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. But the other one. Anytime these two perform together, I absolutely love it. It's Emily Skinner and Alice Ripley singing You Learn to Live Without from If Then. Um, and these two, no pun intended, uh, they're going to be connected forever, um, both uh. professionally and probably personally. But seeing them uh, do a song together is always very, very cool. Love um, so we yeah, so we will have videos of both of those in the show, note, uh, show notes and uh, a really good way to start. Uh, to start your Monday. I think Heidi Blickenstaff is one of the most underrated performers. Oh my gosh, me too. I love her so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know she works a lot, but like she, and obviously you love, uh, we've talked about your love for uh, something, something rotten, rotten, so that makes mm -hmm. that makes sense. But yeah. like, she is so good. Like, I wore out my title of show album, um, and I just, oh, God, I love yes. that. And yeah. she's so talented, so beautiful. I, lo I love Heidi Blickenstaff. But anyway, let's move on before it gets weird. That is all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, people aren't going to be able to find you here on Today on Broadway for a week or so. Where can they keep up? With your uh, rehabilitation over the next week. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. I will have an interview with playwright and performer Tracy Thorne in uh, in oh, this spot sweet. tomorrow. It, it was a great conversation. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. She's got a show that is streaming um, live, a one-person show on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. She's wrapping a up one. a month of performances. It's a good one. Have I you, saw it. Yeah. Did you? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So yeah. it is... Uh, definitely it's something tough. that you, yeah, we, <laughs> and we talk about tough. it. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it was a wonderful conversation. So I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing that. But anyway, everybody have a wonderful Monday. You will hear that interview tomorrow and somebody will be back to tell you about the news on Wednesday. Wednesday.